One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Today, we've got a great story of revenge against a roommate with a boyfriend that just overstays their welcome. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, Panhandler gets revenge on herself. After seeing another thread about someone playing themselves, I thought I'd throw this out here. Years ago, I worked at a small real estate office on a very busy corner in a Chicago suburb. We got an inordinate amount of beggars. One morning, I come in, get my morning activities done, and I notice a lot of our plants are drooping. I figured I'd water them while taking a break. Since the secretary usually does this, I ask the secretary if she has a pitcher she usually uses. She tells me this day, I think it was a Friday, is when she feeds the plants. She tells me to take a super heaping big scoop of plant food, dissolve it into a thin slurry with a little water, and then pour a little in each plant before coming back to water the plants with straight water. Okay, so I put a huge scoop in an empty Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup because I don't see a pitcher or bucket or anything substantial. I assume you already see where this is going. I stir it up and it's kind of thick and blue. I bring it to the secretary's desk. She starts laughing and says she dissolves it in a pitcher. She tells me where the pitcher is and puts a cover on the Dunkin' cup before she starts swirling it to mix it more. This gets really contrived, so I'll cut to the chase. I get the pitcher, and while I was in the kitchen filling it, I poured some coffee in regular glass mugs and brought it all up front for us. We're chatting when a beggar walks in. She's dressed normally and gives us the standard stories that are almost always, I haven't eaten in three days, and I need to take a bus downtown for my AIDS treatment. I don't know why they all use those two lines, but since we heard it a dozen times a day, we knew it was the standard scam. Anyway, she asks for money. We say no, and she busts out another line we heard multiple times a day from beggars we turned down. You rich real estate brokers are cheap jerks. She finally sees the Dunkin' Donuts cup. She asks if we can at least give her a couple dollars for a cup of Dunkin'. We say no. She asks if we can give her a mug of coffee. We say no. I'm not giving anything to someone who just called me a cheap jerk. She says, fine, I'll just take this and she literally snatches the Dunkin' cup from the secretary's hand. She runs out triumphantly hollering something we didn't understand because we were in shock and about to erupt with laughter. And now comes the self-revenge. Twofold, almost three. We watch through the wall of glass windows as she takes a good old healthy swig of miracle grow and realizes she's got a mouthful of chemicals. She doubles over and spits it all out, self-revenge one. She then whips the cup into the 95th street traffic without looking and miraculously hits a squad car. Thick blue miracle gross sludge explodes across the side of the pristine white evergreen park police cruiser. The cop immediately slams on his brakes and jumps out. She's coughing and spitting and hacking and pointing at us. The cop talks to her for a minute and then comes in with her and says she's claiming we deliberately gave her poisoned coffee. We explain the situation and he mentions that he knows her because she panhandles at different businesses every day as she walks home from work. Yes, work. We later found out that she's a teller at a bank down the street. We get her some water since she's looking a bit green around the gills. 
This was the early days of decent security cameras, but we had one and it was all on tape. The cop didn't even look at the footage and asks if we'd like to have her arrested for stealing our plant food. He's on the verge of laughing. We're already giggling since we know we're off the hook. The lady is blazing with anger and embarrassment and fear. We say not to arrest her since she punished herself for her stupidity. The cop then wrote her a ticket for $500 for littering. Revenge too. I actually feel kind of bad about that. I think drinking miracle Grow was more than enough punishment and we were willing to let her go. Revenge 3 would have been us having her arrested, but we're not scumbags. A possible fourth revenge could have been a battery charge. Maybe a cop or a lawyer can back me up here, but this cop said that assaulting a vehicle that a police officer is in can be construed as battery against the officer. He kept threatening her with a battery charge against him when she'd start getting loud or witchy. She wanted us to go to prison for trying to poison her, and she kept spinning this story as if we invited her in and force-fed her a cup of cold blue slushy poison. She pushed that narrative even after we pointed out the camera and the secretary started queuing up the footage. It was almost comical how the cop completely dismissed the idea of the footage. He knew. He knew her. He knew her game. Anyway, after saying he could charge her with battery for the umpteenth time, she said, It was just a cup. He paused for a second and almost comically responded, Only a few minutes ago, it was a cup of poison these people tried to kill you with. So you threw a cup of poison at me that exploded all over my rig? You intentionally threw poison at me? How is that not an attempt to harm? While I'm not sure if that's true about being able to charge her with battery, it certainly kept her in line as he sorted out what happened. It was already the lowest of lows that this person, who was a bank teller, going places after work trying to like beg for free stuff, it's another low to snatch somebody's Dunkin Donuts coffee cup straight from their hands. The thought of that just grosses me out, like imagine if somebody was actually drinking from that. Like I'm sure some people who legitimately have nothing left and nothing to turn to or no money for food wouldn't really care. But she's not in that kind of situation. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, sure I burnt a bridge, but it was fun. First off, before I start, just know that me doing this has probably permanently blacklisted me from working for this company ever, but this economy is a big world. It was in an industry I had no experience in, so I'm not exactly worried. What happened? I applied to a job. This job is a B2B job in some industry I've never worked in before, but I do have lots of business-to-business experience. Then one day, I get a rejection email that said, Since you missed your scheduled interview, we are removing you from consideration. Now let me stress, if this rejection email would have simply have said, We have decided not to move forward with you, like 99% of them do, or if the reason for their rejection was valid, such as one I got was, we value your sales experience, unfortunately we found someone else with sales experience plus industry experience, that would be fair, and the story would end there. Problem, there was no interview, I even checked. I searched my phone, I searched my email, I had two emails from this company, thank me for applying, rejecting me for not showing up to the interview. I'm annoyed. I consider myself a very organized, punctual individual. I also get really annoyed when I get in trouble for something that I didn't do. 
In this case, I felt it was wrong that I was being rejected for an interview that was never scheduled. Good news though, I had already been at my new job, so that's nice. So I can afford to be petty. The setup, the email was from a no reply email, but it had a name. I found that person on LinkedIn and reached out to them. No response. So then I figured out who that person's boss was. Same deal, no response. Strange, I'd expect HR folks to check LinkedIn. Oh well. After some thought, I went back to the job. I was being hired for X region and Y products group. Business to business, the sales director has to be on LinkedIn, right? You'd be correct, he was. So I sent him a message and I said, Mr. Director, I am excited to work for you. I think X region is poised for massive growth based upon Z factor. And I feel you guys have a unique competitive advantage in the Y product group, and I'd love to accelerate the amazing growth you're going to be a part of. Got him. The sales director sent me a PM asking for my number. We had a brief chat. He was pumped. I pointed out I figured that he was the decision maker for the role. I did the research on his product and his region and why it's set for massive growth, and that is exactly what you want in a hunter when it comes to business to business. He agreed. Sweet. He then said that he was going to get me an interview with HR and himself. We schedule it. I get lucky. On the invite, I see the same lady that was rejected for not showing up to the fake interview was going to be on the call. We get on the call. It's going well. Let's call the lady Sarah. I go, Sarah, quick question. Have you ever scheduled an interview with me? Sarah goes, no. I go, so Sarah... You didn't schedule an interview with me before, right? She goes, yes, I'm positive. So I go, so Sarah, I didn't miss an interview with you before, have I? She laughs, no, no you didn't. The sales director is confused. I go, Sarah, you sent me an email saying I was rejected from this position for not showing up to my interview, despite the fact that we never scheduled one. Sarah, confused, goes, oh, that must have been a misclick. I go, I understand, mistakes happen. She goes, I'm glad you understand. I go, I do. Well, hey look, I appreciate your time, but I just wanted to have a chat with Sarah. I'm not interested in this position. Shocked, the sales director goes, excuse me? I go, yeah, I just wanted to have a chat with HR on why they rejected me over not showing up to an interview that was never scheduled. I could tell they were both very angry at me, so I thanked them for their time and left the meeting. End result radio silence from them. I'm super confident the sales director had many choice words for me. I'm sure Sarah thinks I'm a jerk. I'm also confident I'm on their blacklist, both for this role and any other role in the future. But sometimes you just need to get your jab in. Have a good day everyone. This is a whole other level of petty. OP went out of their way to make sure they looked like the best applicant possible just to chat some crap on the phone with Sarah. This next story is Revenge on the Terrible Passenger. I used to work in a cab and a rather unpleasant guy sat down with me and the final address was quite non-standard, so I easily remembered it. All the way he was changing, asking somewhere to stop. And when I explained that no I cannot, started shouting, insulting me, etc. And then, on the way to his address, we picked up some girl. I thought it was his girlfriend. In the end, when we arrived, he refused to pay and threw some hurtful words. I let it go and forgot, I thought. But stuff happens and why get upset? But three days later, I got an order for the same address. 
I thought it was just a coincidence and it couldn't be him again because the city's very large and such a coincidence is unlikely, and so I sat down. A very nice polite girl sat down and almost the entire trip arguing with her boyfriend on the phone and when she was done talking to me she turned to me and said, why are all men such jerks? I try for him and she can't even get a job. And at this point, I tell her that I recently drove a very unpleasant guy to this address. And she heard it and said his name, and I realized that it was him. Because on the first trip when that girl got in the car, she said his name. And what do you think? I told this girl everything. That her boyfriend was driving with another girl to their house. He didn't have any sisters or girlfriends like his girlfriend said, so we decided to check it out. We exchanged contacts and met her a few days later. She told her boyfriend she was going to be late or not coming at all. And in the meantime, we were standing outside her house for about four hours, waiting to see if anyone was coming to see him. And guess what? The same girl who was driving with him showed up. You should have seen the anger and disappointment on that girl's face when she saw it. But I was glad I taught him a lesson and helped the girl finally realize what a jerk her boyfriend really was. I can't imagine there's too many a scenario where there's good overlap in situations like these, but hey, you never know what you might say to the Uber driver or taxi driver that might come back around, or show them for that matter. This next story is, my brother kept jump scaring me for years, then I got back at him so bad he cried. So when my brother and I were young, he was about 7 and I was 10, he found out that I was very easily scared. The slightest sudden noise could make me jump out of my skin and get a scream for me. This would usually manifest in him hiding behind things and popping out with a loud BOO and he would get me every time. It got so bad that I was scared to even walk the halls of my house. After a couple of years of this, my parents stepped in and told him to cut it out. It definitely slowed him down, but he would do the occasional spook and get me. That is until one fateful night in 2012. My family and I were big fans of Doctor Who, and it had entered its sixth series and introduced a new monster, the Silence. For those who don't know, the Silence looks somewhat generic grey aliens in a nice three-piece suit. The catch was that every time a character would look away from the alien, they'd forget about it. So what the characters would do is put tally marks on their forearms and face whenever they see one. It was a very good idea for a monster and wonderfully executed in those first two episodes. During the second episode, there's a character in an abandoned orphanage and she's looking out the window, lightning strikes, and her face and arms are full. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Full of tally marks. It's a very good scare. So good, in fact, that I notice my brother is acting uneasy. So then I have an idea, a most horrible idea, 
a delightfully devilish idea. A petty idea. I asked my father to pause the episode, cause I needed to go to the bathroom. I lied. I didn't need to go to the bathroom. I grabbed a sharpie and wrote a bunch of tally marks all over my face and arms. I was absolutely giddy. Then with my game face on, I go back downstairs to the TV room. I turn on the lights. This makes my brother ask what was up, and he turns his head to look at me. He starts freaking the freak out, like he was crawling towards our dad. My dad asks what's wrong, looks at my face, and then starts laughing his butt off. I act like nothing happened and got closer to my brother, feigning concern. That freaked him out even more. After my dad and I had our laughs, he told me to wash up. My brother couldn't continue the episode, so he runs to his room. My dad calls my mom and tells her that I finally got one over on my bro. Nowadays, there's no more pranks between me and my brother. He's graduating with his bachelor's degree and is one of my groomsmen in my wedding. He's a good man and I'm very proud of him and I love him very much. This is just the classic sibling experience. After experiencing all that bullying all that time, now that he found something that you could latch onto against them, it's no surprise that he turned it up to 11. Our next story is, enjoy that elevator ride. Last weekend, it was really nice weather where I lived, so I decided to go for a bike ride. As I locked the door on my apartment, I heard the elevator go up, and when I looked at the display, I saw that it was two floors above me. I thought, that's not so bad, and pushed the button to send the elevator to my floor. After a while, I realized that the elevator had not moved. I could hear muffled voices from above, so they were clearly holding the elevator open while they were arguing about something. After a while, the elevator started beeping loudly, which is what happens when you hold it for too long. The beeping stopped pretty quickly and I thought, ah, finally they let the door close. Nope. All they did was to release the door to stop the beep and then hold it again, which resulted in it beeping again eventually. They were still arguing about something, but I couldn't make it out. By the second beep, I gave up and decided to walk down. I figured stopping on my floor unnecessarily would be their punishment. Then, when I got to the floor below mine, I decided that this wasn't enough, so I clicked the button on that floor too, and the next one, and the next one, eventually clicking the button on every floor on the way down. If you are in such a hurry that you can't afford to let go of the elevator, maybe actually use the elevator or enjoy an elevator ride down that is seriously slower than walking. Elevator etiquette not being followed is one of the most annoying things ever. Also, shout out to Alphabet Aerobics, Elevated Etiquette. This next story is, be rude to library staff? Good luck getting that Wi-Fi access. I work in a public library. One of our newer services we offer is Wi-Fi Point. It comes in a box and once it's checked out, it's activated for seven days based on a mobile carrier service. After 7 days, it shuts off and has to be turned in and processed to turn on again. The Wi-Fi will not work after 7 days, and you can't get a new one until you turn in the old one. If you lose any part of it, you're fined and can't check out a new one until it's paid or the part is returned. If you have any charges over a certain amount, you can't check anything out, period. We don't have late fees, but we do have lost and damaged item fees so those can add up quick. People can place items on hold and get added to a queue. If they don't pick up the item in 5 days, it goes to the next person in queue. Generally, it's not a big deal, but there have been some ugly behavior over the Wi-Fi point. We have scripted responses for most issues. 
Cue today when another staff member transferred a call to me saying, Please answer this, I can't. Uh Uh-oh. Me, kill with kindness voice, mandatory introduction. Thank you for calling Main Street Library Reference Desk. My name, the patron cuts in. Ugh, I don't care about your name, do you have my Wi-Fi box? I say, can I get your name and birthday please? There's two accounts with the name and birthday, so I chose the first. It was an expired account with a large charge attached, and no holds placed at all. So I checked the other account, and yes, a Wi-Fi point is currently checked out, and a hold for another. She's 200 and something in line. I said, it's not ready yet ma'am, you're 200 something in the queue. The patron says, I placed that a week ago, what is the hold up? Me going from the script, Unfortunately, we only have so many Wi-Fi points available, and they are in high demand. For best practice, returning the boxes at the end of their 7-day checkout period will help the queue move quicker. The patron says, I ain't driving all the way over to the library just to drop off one until I can get my next one. This is a crappy butt system. Why don't you just get more? Me, using my automatic response when people start yelling, You'll get the notification when your hold request is available for pickup. They say, I want it now. If I go in and snatch one off the shelf, you can't stop me. I reply, we have a long holds queue, ma'am. They're all checked out or on hold for someone in the queue. They say, what about those freaking ones on the shelf? The frog whatever. Me on the script. We discontinued the hop and offerings on Wi-Fi points to make more available for the holds queue and better serve our patrons. They say, it better serve me if you just gave it to us. I need internet. I say, all of our library locations have free Wi-Fi available 24-7 in our outdoor rest areas and computers for public use during operating hours. They say, you smart butt having all the answers, blah, blah, blah. She carried on for several minutes while I muted my phone. I'm looking at the two accounts and confirming it's the same person who somehow got two cards. It happens. There's a note in her record from two years ago that she confirmed all the items were damaged and she knew about it but was hostile to staff. Cue petty revenge. I merged the two accounts. Her currently checked out items and holds are now combined with her old charges. I cheerily interrupted and told her if there was nothing else I could help her with, then she could check her account online at any time or she would get a notification about when her hold would be ready but she'd have to pay the $480 plus fine first. She freaked out and demanded what I meant, and I told her the list of items and charges, and how she can't check out anything until the fine is paid. I had to deal with her a few more minutes, but she had stopped the name calling, and was near panic as I repeatedly told her there was nothing I could do about her charges. I could have put in a special case request to have them waived, common for us to do for people with fines from childhood or extenuating circumstances, but I didn't feel particularly generous. I added a second note to her account that the patron was hostile to staff, so nobody else would feel like doing it either. Be nice to your public servants. I'm not gonna lie though, in this situation, this service does sound kind of disappointing. I mean, for you to go and rent that to get the Wi-Fi for whatever period of time, then having to turn around and turn it back in, and then just having to ambiguously wait until you're first in the queue kind of stinks. But I guess the model isn't supposed to be like the Wi-Fi provider, they're supposed to be like a temporary Wi-Fi system. 
and even still it doesn't justify her terrible behavior. Our next story is, park over the line in the last two spots? Have fun waiting for me to come move for five hours? A little backstory for context, I served six years in the US military and was one of two people in a 1000 man unit who could drive literally any military vehicle and many couldn't drive them at all or couldn't drive the specific variant. As such, I was called upon to drive platoons out for training a lot. I got so good at driving these huge trucks, think dump truck but bigger, I could back them up and park them perfectly on my own. Come to find out this skill translates very well to civilian driving. Revenge, my family reunion is on Cape Cod every year and one of me and my cousin's favorite things to do is go to Provincetown for the day, hang out, shop, drink, etc. There's a parking lot next to the harbor that you have to pay $25 to park in. And that's where we usually park because it's a flat rate and you can be there as long as you need. The only spot available was in the middle of the lot and a minivan had parked about a foot over the line into the spot I needed. Now I drive a lifted four-door Jeep Wrangler with large all-terrain tires that protrude past the edge of the fender flares. I can get as close as I need in order to be an inconvenience while still being able to squeeze my way out of my door. But because of the way they parked, I had to be closer to still be parked legally. I was able to squeak it into the spot so that the wheels were roughly half an inch away from the driver's side front door as well as the driver's side sliding rear door. I popped the roof panel above the driver's seat in my car off and climbed through the roof, then set it back on top and made it look like it was still sealed. The cream of the crop, dear reader, is that by the time I was done, the car on the other side of them had left. My uncle had rolled up in his Grand Cherokee to park and hang with us. He saw what I did, immediately started laughing and had me use his car to legally block them in on the other side as well and then I climbed out his sunroof. They had backed in and were unable to open their trunk with how bad their parking job was and how close they were to the cars behind them. So there was no possible way they could open any of the doors on their car. We giggled about it and went to go have fun. Fast forward roughly five and a half hours, we finish partying and come back to go home. Lo and behold, the people were sitting there next to their car. Based on the beet red sunburn they both had, they had to have been there a while. We got the angriest looks when I went through the roof to free my jeep and my uncle did the same with his. We were all laughing our butts off the whole way back to the house. Moral of the story, don't park like a jerk. Sometimes people are just so bad at parking they just can't help it. Some people would call them a jerk, some people would say they just need a lot more practice. Preferably also in a place where there's no other cars that you could bump. This next story is, overstay your welcome, I'll make it unpleasant for you. So I, 25 year old female, live with two roommates, 24 year old female, 25 year old female, and we all have boyfriends. It's not uncommon for our significant others to spend time at our apartment. We live in a pretty nice place and it's on the larger side, so there's more room to host. One of my roommates, we'll call her Carly, has a boyfriend who no one can stand. He used to talk to my roommate, his girlfriend, in a condescending and rude manner until she taught him how to treat someone you're dating. When he comes to our apartment, he enters with a sense of arrogance. It's small things like leaving the toilet seat up, not cleaning up after himself, 
complaining that he doesn't have anywhere to keep his food in our kitchen. None of these things are worth genuinely being upset about, but as a guest in someone else's home, he should have more respect. My roommate Carly works a job that sometimes requires her to wake up early, around 5am, and go to work. Now, it's important to note that these two spend every single night together. If they aren't working, they're hanging out at his apartment or ours. But without fail, they sleep together every single night. On nights when Carly has to work early the next morning, they'll sleep here. Every time this happens, her boyfriend wakes up leisurely after she's left the apartment, usually between 8 to 9 a.m., and proceeds to take a 30-minute shower while blasting his music, then goes back to his own apartment. Now, this bathroom is a shared bathroom, and my other roommate needs to get up and ready for her job every day. When we first mentioned to Carly that her boyfriend should really go home and shower, since we need the bathroom to get ready, she suggested we write the mornings we want to use the bathroom on the calendar so her boyfriend can shower later in those days. Confused, I told her that we pay rent to live here and have the right to use the bathroom without reserving it on the calendar. For context, he sleeps here around four nights a week. The conversation didn't change anything. He still gets ready here once she's left the apartment. I just stopped battling it and instead moved my toothbrush and makeup to the half bath in the upstairs in the kitchen. Here is where I get my revenge. Tomorrow she's leaving early again and her boyfriend is spending the night. Once we all go to bed tonight, I'm going to turn the hot water off. When her boyfriend goes to get ready tomorrow, he'll be met with a nice cold morning shower. I don't care that this is petty, I can't stand the boyfriend. I know it's nothing huge or scandalous, but I get a lot of gratification knowing that he will not get his nice hot shower tomorrow morning. I fully support OP in their endeavors. If this boyfriend is not paying any portion of the rent, they don't have any right to stake any claim to the utilities over the people that do pay for that space. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.